Welcome to episode 13 of Fearless Rebel Radio. Do you want to know how to empower young people to make healthy choices without making them crazy? Then you're going to love this episode of Fearless Rebel Radio, where I talk to Cindy Sexton, teacher and author of Paleotics 5 or Fewer, on this topic and a whole bunch more. But first, I wanted to announce that I have a huge event coming up and you are all invited. It's my free online workshop, Remix Your Body Image, and it's happening on Thursday, November 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern. I'll be talking all about what having a good body image means because I think there's some big misconceptions about it. The three important phases you need to go through to improve your body image and five things you can do right now to improve your confidence. So head over to summerinanin.com or summerthenutritionist.com to reserve your spot and you'll also get my free body image quiz plus a bonus worksheet with the most important exercise I give my clients. So I hope I'll see you all there on Thursday, November 6th at 8 p.m. Eastern. All right, let's get started with the show. Rebel Radio, baby! I am your host, Summer Inanin, a certified nutritional practitioner, diet rebel, and food lover on a mission to help you feel hot damn fearless in your body. Fearless Rebel Radio is here to empower you to defy the standards and break the rules in order to radiate confidence, relish in your uniqueness, and live life fearlessly on your own terms. Every episode, I will help you to do this by sharing practical advice not-so-PG-rated rants and interviews with fearless rebel guests. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. My guest today is someone that I've been friends with for many years. She is the author of the brand new cookbook, Paleo Takes Five or Fewer, and is the blogger at paleodish.com. Today's guest is Cindy Sexton. She is currently a certified teacher in Toronto who adores all things fitness, food, and nutrition related. She is passionate about teaching as well as learning from others in this field and is constantly striving toward being a little bit better every single day. Her laid back approach to eating really real food is reasonable and realistic. That's a lot of reels in that one sentence (laughs) with a multifaceted approach that focuses on returning to the simpler days of living. She concentrates on making play, laughter, sleep, and self-care a priority, which makes up her relaxed paleo lifestyle. Her future endeavors include trying to improve the school snack program and building stronger farm to school partnerships. Welcome to the show, Cindy. Hey, Summer. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Excellent. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, before we get into this, why don't you tell everyone a little bit more about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Okay. Um, so my sort of introduction to paleo was quite a few years ago. Um, it was actually back in 2009. And I know Summer, you and I used to go to the same CrossFit gym, uh, CrossFit Toronto back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So right before I started there, I actually reconnected with an old friend who I went to university with, and he's currently the owner of a um, strength and conditioning gym in Cornwall. So we met and reconnected back in 2009, and he just sort of said to me over dinner, um, "So have you heard of paleo?" And we started chatting about it, and then I 
I knew nothing about it. Um, and then from there, uh, I went to Rob Wolf's nutrition seminar way back in the day when he was um, still doing those with CrossFit and went to a couple of Matt Lalonde's um, nutrition gigs that he had. So those were sort of first two introductions and then um, started, you know, doing a little research on my own and a little poking around and slowly started changing what I was eating. Um, I'm not sure if you know or some of your listeners may know, but um, in 2003, um, so before that, my mom had a sudden heart attack, so she passed away very, very, very suddenly. So after that, the years leading after that, I was kind of going through a bit of a rough time, so it was perfect timing when I reconnected um, with my friend Tyler, and he sort of um, gave me that push to make some changes that I needed to make um, in my life to start to improve my health. So that's sort of how I got started back in 2009, and then shortly after that, started my blog, paleodish.com, so it was all right around that time. Yeah, that's really cool. And um, yeah, I mean, that must have been really difficult to kind of go through that with, uh, you know, with with your mom. And um, so would you know, would you say that before that, like you weren't like very, very healthy or looking after yourself either? Totally. Yeah. Um, right after that, in and around that time, um Obviously, it was very upsetting. Um, I went through a period of um, depression and just eating really crummy foods. Um, I had also a neck injury, so that kind of put me out of the gym for a little bit. And it was sort of like, um, you know, one thing just led to another. And it was kind of like this snowball effect where I was just starting to feel really, really awful, both physically and mentally. Um, and I was just kind of letting myself go and not really knowing it until I was like, whoa, you know, like, whoa, what, what's happened here? Um, yeah. yeah so, um, eating paleo and sort of changing my lifestyle, um, helped me lose a bunch of weight and I was doing Weight Watchers as well prior to that. So um, I had lost probably 70 pounds or so, um, but I was still eating, you know, crummy food. So I wasn't fueling my body with healthy, nutrient-dense food. Um, and I was so concerned with counting points and the scale and all that sort of thing. So I still wasn't at that point where I was healthy. Um, after losing my mom, like I said, I went through a period of depression and really high anxiety, lots of panic attacks. So completely changing my food to paleo. I tell this to um, many, many people who I sit down and have a conversation with. Aside from you know the physical benefits, I think for me even even more was the emotional side as well as the mental side that really, really improved when, when I did the, the transition and the switch. Yeah. And I think that's so important to take note of. I mean, like my own, my own experience with, um, you know, eating more of a paleo style, uh, you know, it, it, I was able to go off of antidepressants as well. So, um, yeah, it definitely goes beyond just kind of the outer exterior that you see sometimes change with that. Totally. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so you're a teacher and so what grade, what grade do you teach? Like how old are the kind of the students that you're involved with? Um, so I've been a teacher for 12 years. Um, the last 10 years I was in an actual classroom. So I was teaching either grade five or six. So like 10, 11, 12. Mm -hmm. um, and the last two years, this year and last year, I started a new position where it's a full-time phys ed position. Nice. Um, yeah. So last year it was mainly kindergarten to grade six. And this year it's pretty much kindergarten to grade four. So yeah, it's full-time in the gym moving around. So the last two years have been really cool and nice change. Yeah, that's awesome. And so like, you know, because you're involved in with with kids that age, and you have been involved with, you know, kids in it that are like ages like 10 to 12. How you know, what's the best way to influence young people to make healthy choices? Um, I think there's two things. I think the first one, and funny enough, a friend and I were chatting about this. Um, a Thanksgiving weekend, so last weekend, um, I think the first thing is just modeling to students. So not being like preachy or anything like that, but for example, they see me eating my lunch or they see me eating a snack or they see me, you know, always having a water bottle in my hand and just sort of modeling um, those healthy habits. Mm -hmm. I think that's one. I think the second thing is... Um, in, in as many cases as possible, giving them that exposure. exposure. So um, when I had my own classroom, I would, if we had have Halloween parties or Christmas parties or whatever, I would bring in like a veggie tray and guacamole or I would bring in, you know, a fruit tray. And a lot of these children don't even know what some of the fruits and vegetables are, to be honest with you. So giving them that exposure, um, not just actually with food, but with... Um, different sports, different activities. Um, I'm doing yoga right now nice. with the kids at my school. Yeah, so it's just sort of giving them that vast, wide um, range of opportunities that they might not normally have. I think, you know, I think that's what sort of might spark an interest here and there with them. Yeah, and I think, I mean, it's a fine, I, I like that that approach a lot because I think it's a fine balance when you're dealing with kids. Like, I personally remember being in grade nine and for, I think it was our biology class, they gave us an assignment where we had to track our food and our calories for a week. Yeah. And that was honestly such a defining moment for me because that's when I became obsessed with dieting. Like, as soon as I learned how many fat grams I was eating and then how many fat grams I should eat, like, I, I became obsessed with only eating like 15 to 25 fat grams a day and this was at the age of like 14 <laughs> so yeah. and that was like really this school assignment so I think that you know it's really teachers and and parents need to be especially careful when and 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 mindful when they're trying to kind of you know educate yeah. <laughs> um without crossing the line and sort of pushing someone into a disordered behavior or lifestyle. That's such a good point. I mean, yeah, sometimes you don't really think like, holy smokes, like, uh, yeah, you know, as a teacher, I spend so many hours during the day and you have such a big influence, whether you might not realize it or not. So that situation that you just mentioned with yourself in high school for an assignment, yeah, you might not realize it, but then you're like, 
wow, they go home, they do this, they start thinking, right? And you, yeah, it's a good point. It is definitely a fine line for sure. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, modeling it and just giving them exposure to it. I mean, had it been a different exercise where it was like, okay, go and find, um, you know, foods that are high in vitamin A or, you know, foods that have <laughs> calcium, then, you know, it would have been a better way to kind of educate about food and, and nu- nutrition and nutrients without it turning into like some kind of an obsessive habit. I know. <laughs> yeah. I... So like what, you know, I know you don't have kids, <laughs> but yes. what tips do you have for parents who, you know, who are struggling to get their kids to, you know, try new foods and, you know, go outside and play more often, but, and they, they just like, they don't know what to do. What advice do you have for them? Ooh, good question. Um, I think I get, I I guess I get, um, I think for like the eating part of things, um, again, just maybe giving their kids choice, you know, maybe saying, do you want to come grocery shopping with me? Do you want to come to the farmer's market with me? Um, so giving the, them the opportunity to be involved. Um, I take some of my classes actually into the staff room and we'll sit down and we'll organize ing- ingredients and we'll, I've actually made simple recipes with them, dips or like I mentioned earlier, guacamole or we'll do different like simple, simple things even if it's like a fruit kebab on a stick, just easy things that they can feel like um, they're a part of, but to be honest with you, like I think, um, and I'm not insulting any parents here, but I think sometimes they think, oh, well, if I don't get them the little snack packs of whatever, they're not going to be like so-and-so and they're not going to enjoy it. But I think if you do give them that choice or do even give them, you know, here are some berries, what types do you want? And give them that chance to try new foods. Um, not to say that they have to love everything or force them to maybe eat everything on their plate, but just, um, again, give them the exposure, um, to different fruits, vegetables, that type of thing and get them involved. I think that that's pretty, pretty key just from what I've seen in my health classes at school. Yeah. And so you also like in your bio, you mentioned that, you know, one of your future endeavors is to, you know, build a stronger farm to school partnership. Have you, have you done anything like that? Or, you know, do you know of any, um, you know, successful ways to kind of integrate that type of a program into a school? Well, um, interesting that you mentioned that, um, one of my girlfriends that I teach with now, um, she started last year this environmental club. So at school, she focuses on the whole idea of sustainable development. And she tries to bring in the whole aspect of, you know, we have a community garden. Um, She talks a lot about where food comes from, how it grows and that type of thing. So we're trying to sort of piggyback on that, the environmental club, and hopefully um, make some contacts with some farms that are not too far um, from our school and hopefully create some projects. So that's just sort of something that we're starting up and I'm talking to a couple other friends who are sort of, you know, experts, so to speak in that area, because, um, I think that that's amazing. Once children can see where their food grows and I mean, yourself and myself, like 
we've been to farms, we've seen it. It's amazing to me, even as an adult, going and visiting a farm and asking oh, yeah. questions, you know, and just taking that time to explore. So yeah, it's definitely something we're um, working on now. The frustrating part is a lot of the snack program at our school is government funded, right? So it's mm. Canadian Food Guide, um, which can be tricky because every day when they give the snack program to the children, they're mandated to um, touch on either four, three or four of the food groups. Whereas in my opinion, I'd love it if they just focus on fruits and vegetables and do one or two things really well. I think instead of, you know, trying to stretch that out. Um, but again, it's tricky, right? It's like who's funding it, who's giving the school the money, and there's so many other players at hand. But it's definitely something that interests me and that I'd love to, you know, get on board with in the future. Yeah, that's, I mean, that. yeah, that's a tough one with the, with the school programs because, and even just, you know, this almost like the the funding from the consumer packaged goods companies. And I, I mean, it really all comes back to money. Um, but totally. yeah, I know. I, like, I think getting, you know, get, like you said, getting the kids involved and in actually seeing where the food comes from. And um, I've done a few like cooking classes with, with teenagers or young, like, you know, 11, 12 year olds in my house. And they like they get so excited when you empower them with with food. You know, when you actually give them a task and be like, okay, you're going to chop this or you're going to, you know, peel the carrot. And, you know, uh, using my food processor, like converts any child to an instant foodie. <laughs> yeah. but, but it's amazing when you, I think it all, a lot of it has to do with empowering them and, and you yeah. know, like treating them like an adult, like a, you know, like a little adult and yeah. have them actually get involved in the kitchen. Totally. I agree 100%. And you do, you see, you honestly do see um, their eyes light up. And sometimes I, you know, I'll bring something out and right away their reaction might be like, ew, gross. I keep <laughs> coming back to the guacamole because I'm, and, and then they try it and they're like, oh, I didn't think I would actually like that. You know what I mean? But so once they do, half of them didn't even know what an avocado looked like. You know what I mean? So yeah. It, yeah, it's really, it's cool on the teachers and, and that's neat that you, that you did those cooking classes with, um, yeah, with the students. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. Um, and how, like, you, did you find that you, do you find that you focus on certain benefits? Like I know for me, like I focus on like, this is, this food's going to make you smarter. Like this food's going to like build your muscles and like stuff like that is, does that, is that something that you try to do too? Oh, totally. And as soon as you say build their muscles, they're right away. You know what I mean? They're like flexing. And they're, yeah. Or yeah, totally. It's going to make your hair shinier. It's going to make your skin clearer. You know what I mean? Just sort of, yeah, giving them examples where they actually think, okay. It was funny, actually, at the end of the day when I was dismissing the students. One of the girls, she's so sweet. She came up to me. She's in grade two. And she's like, I'm just taking it day by day, but today I didn't eat any junk food. And I was just wondering if you could give me any advice on what foods I could give to make my body faster. Oh. And I just thought, because we're, we're doing cross country right now. So I just oh. thought, that is so cute. You know what I mean? Like just 
but it just goes to show how early they start thinking about it, right? Oh, yeah, totally, totally. And that's why you have to, like, keep the focus on, you know, like, very, like, accomplishment-focused and not, like, body-focused, you know? And it's more about um, feeling a certain way as opposed to, like, looking a certain way. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about your new book for a bit, which is Paleo Takes Five or Fewer, which is pretty much just like five or fewer ingredients. Am I right? You are right. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> and I looked through it, so I know that, but I just wanted okay. to make sure. <laughs> um, and I like I love that idea because I have ze- well, I have zero attention span when it comes to following a recipe, and I honestly will look at a recipe and I'm like, if it takes up more than the screen on my iPhone, I turn it off. <laughs> yeah. So I know it's so funny because. Uh, I have a lot of cookbooks and I love collecting cookbooks, but if I flip through it, A, I'm more likely to make it if there's a picture, B, if it has like a huge, long, super long list, and unless it's something that like I really, really know I want to make, then I'll usually just um, skim by it and find something that doesn't require as many things to make. Um, so yeah, it's three, four, and five ingredients. Um, divided into each chapter. So it starts with an intro chapter and then uh, three ingredient, four ingredient, five ingredient, and then there's a dressing and dips chapter. And then in the back, there's quite a big, huge um, resource section. So I divided it into, there's a little actually Canadian section. I saw that. (laughs) Which I love because, you know, it's, it's just nice and sometimes it's just a lot of American focused resources so I added that in and then behind that in the appendix is the nutrient density charts that I worked on with Matt Lalonde so he helped me with all the minerals and vitamins in some of the foods that I used for the recipes Um, I will mention the caveat with the three four and five it doesn't include um, whatever cooking fat you choose to use. And I, I mentioned the suggested cooking fat that we use for each recipe doesn't include, um, vinegars and then, and then common dried herbs and spices. So anything a little bit more exotic or anything fresh, it is included in the count. So I just wanted to mention that so people know. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it's really awesome because most of it is like pretty few ingredients, you know, even though there are a couple like extra ones in there, like the basic spices or like the fat, it's actually like, I was, I was shocked at how few, like, I was like, Oh my God, that looks so good. And there's like four things in it. (laughs) It was, yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. I can't wait to, um, like try a bunch, a bunch more of the recipes out. Um, and so, uh, and thank you for giving me a shout out in that Canadian link section, by the way, I meant to like tell you that before and I didn't. Oh, thank you. (laughs) No, I was going to tell all my Canadian peeps and then I'm like, no, I'm going to make it a little surprise. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, open it and check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So you you obviously, you know, created this cookbook, you were like working full time. So what kind of tips do you have for people who are really time strapped who just like feel exhausted at the end of the day? And the last thing they want to do is pull a meal together. Okay, well, a couple things because 
Dustin, my husband, and myself, although we do love cooking, we do get in modes where we're just like, oh my gosh, I don't feel like cooking or, you know, we're busy, tired, whatever the reason might be. Um, so one of the biggest tips is um, sometimes it's okay that it's just like a can of sardines and a hard-boiled egg. You know what I mean? Like sometimes that's okay. I think sometimes people get caught up on the fact that, oh, they need to make a big, huge meal every day. You know what I mean? Like sometimes it can just be scrambled eggs with some like veggies from the fridge thrown in there, whatever takes, you know, 10 minutes max. Um, so just kind of getting away from the idea that it has to be a big, huge, elaborate meal all the time. Yeah. Um, second thing is we love either, um, picking up like a whole chicken from Row Farms, for example, and just having that with like a salad or some sweet potatoes or something on a busy night. Um, batch cooking for us is big. We'll do a lot of cooking on the weekend and then have leftovers. Like if we make a big chili or something on um, a Sunday night and then have leftovers, I can pretty much eat leftovers like I'm not bothered. I eat pretty much like a lot of the same thing all the time and I'm not bothered by that. But I know some people are and they love variety. So I think just sort of planning it out when you do have that chunk of time, whether it's on the weekend or whatever day and just sort of making things that you can put in the fridge or freeze for later. Um, those are kind of, I guess, my biggest yeah. tips. And then to not be afraid of, you know, finding things that are store-bought that have clean ingredients. You know what I mean? It doesn't always have to be like homemade barbecue sauce from scratch, you know, just sort of finding those things that can make your life a little bit easier and more convenient. Yes, totally. Like, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I mean, I, I personally... I just use regular ketchup. Like I just can't even <laughs> be begin to be bothered to make my own. Like that's just not even gonna happen. Or salsa, you know, like that. Those types of things for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what about um? You know, when you're at school, you talked about you guys have like a snack program, and sometimes you bring snacks and stuff. And I have people that ask me all the time, like, what what should I snack on? Like, what are some of your favorite things to bring as snacks? Um, I love beef jerky. Um, do you make it or do you buy it? I buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I totally buy it. Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> yeah. Although I do, uh, I, I want to get a dehydrator so bad. Do you have one? No, I, um, well, I'm like me, I'm moving, right? So I'm, I'm majorly yeah. downsizing, um, and uh, there's no way I would have room for it. But even yeah. now, like in my more spacious kitchen, I, I've seen the size of them and I've I've used one before and I'm like, this is really cool. I'd probably use it once a year. <laughs> so yes. I just don't have the time to, uh, I, I just don't. don't have, not the time. Like I'm sure I could figure it out if I really wanted to do it. I guess I just don't have the desire to really dehydrate my own foods. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, so I just usually buy like beef jerky or um, uh, the health food store near our house just started selling these beef sticks, which are, which are really good and the ingredients are really minimal and really clean. Um, I'm a huge fan of sardines, like I mentioned. Um, mixed nuts, like make my own, we make our own um, trail mix or whatever. Um, what else? Snacky stuff. Um, do, 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 do. Can I just say with sardines yeah. that um, 
I used to like when I heard other people say that they ate sardines, I was like, that's the most vile thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I tried it when uh, I was oh, I was away with um, with uh, Sarah Ramsden and uh, a couple other of my friends and uh, they were eating. They had like some sardines and I was like, mm -hmm. OK, you know what? I'm just going to try a bite. And I was totally like a little kid about it like I grabbed the tiniest piece ever and I like put it on my tongue were you like plugging your nose <laughs> yeah pretty much and then, I put, and then I you know it was in my mouth and I was like oh I'm like this just tastes like tuna why didn't you guys just tell me this tastes like tuna <laughs> it's really not a big yeah. deal and now I eat them all the time because they're cheap and they're easy like you said yeah. I know um, another thing that I love, um, Dustin can't stand it, but I love coconut butter and sometimes literally I'll just eat it right out of the jar. I oh, know that, yeah. that sounds kind of weird too, but no, I always do that. Yeah. Amazing. So um, good. what else? Uh, I melt it and I put it on fruit too. That's also really good. Ah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, I love things like pickles, sauerkraut, um, nice. kimchi, all that stuff. I always have that in my, I have a little fridge at work in there, so I keep that stuff in there. Um, what else? Oh, sea snacks. I like sea snacks. Yeah, those are good too. You either love it. I think you either love those or you hate those though. You know, like they're kind of messy, but I love them. Yeah, no, I know. I really love the Chipotle flavored ones. Those are really yes. good. Yeah. And just, yeah, just sort of anything that you can kind of grab quickly. Nice. That's yeah. good. And so, uh, you know, you w tell me a little bit about like your, your lifestyle. Like you obviously like spent a, a good chunk of time writing this cookbook. How did you manage to maintain your sanity through that process? Like what did you carve out time for yourself? How did you, how did you make that work? Another good question. We basically hibernated for a year and a half. No, I'm just joking. But <laughs> I, know. Um, I think, and this, this was a challenge. This was very, very, very tricky because I sort of went through this battle with myself where, you know, if in, you've probably had this too, if you're really busy, feeling stressed, feeling tired, then you know, I'll say like, I don't want to go to the gym, which is fine. But I found as soon as I got out of that routine, even if it was just to go in and like roll out and do a light workout and not kill myself, I found as soon as I got out of that routine of not going, then it, and then I kind of started to feel crummy. And the other, the second big thing, so getting out of the routine of not going to the gym, and I'm not talking every single day, but you know, three, four times a week. The second thing that I found tricky with balancing was um, not getting enough sleep. And that's, that's huge for me. We're big sleepers <laughs> around here and we really try to prioritize it and, and, and make it super important because um, I've seen the effects of, you know, getting your body to have an amazing quality night's sleep and then not having um, such a good sleep day after day after day after day, it adds up. So those two things um, I definitely found tricky. It was definitely a balance and thankfully Dustin was kind of there to sort of be that support system that I needed, you know, and 
if there was a day where, you know, we just had to work on the book and not go to the gym, he was there to help. But if there was a day where he said, you know, let's just go out for a walk. And it didn't even necessarily have to be the gym, but just keeping some sort of routine, I guess, of just sort of having frequent breaks and getting up and moving and that kind of thing. It's tricky. And I know, you know, a lot of people have different things going on in their life. So I think it's constantly, um, it's definitely a learning process. And I'm not a pro at it at all. It's something that I'm totally figuring out along with everyone else, I think. Yeah, and I don't think it has to be like consistent either. It can be just like, all right, I'm going to take this day by day. And if I have a bad week, like, <laughs> I just got to trust that everything will be okay next week. Exactly. Um, yeah, totally. I, I kind of am going through a similar thing right now with like selling our house and moving across the country. And uh, yeah, some there's been a few weeks where I like wake up at like three in the morning and a total like sweat and panic and then there's been weeks where I'm like sleeping through the night and going to the gym and able to actually like you know participate in the gym instead of just like (laughs) maybe lifting like a five pound weight and then leaving (laughs) so (laughs) and I think like you're right taking it day by day and keeping it in perspective like I remember my mom used to always say to me this too shall pass and and it's so true you can get caught up in it but like you said just taking it moment by moment and getting you know getting through the trickier days or the trickier weeks and and just sort of remembering to to breathe and then also I found myself and Dustin I mentioned this in the dedication he was like my little pep talk guy like sometimes I would be like spazzing out over things that totally didn't need to be spazzed out about you know what I mean so yes <laughs> just stay grounded and like chill and yeah it's all good that's good no that's 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 awesome well you know it's it's all like it's all happened now it's like it's yeah. real so it's hopefully it was worth all the blood sweat and tears what's um yeah <laughs> what's uh like what what's your favorite recipe from the book oh my gosh do you have uh, one What's that? Do you have one? I have a few. I love the chunky beef chili. That's one that, that's like an oldie but a goodie. I love that one so much. We make it fairly regularly, especially in the fall and winter. Um, I love the beet and Brussels sprout salad. Um, I just made that one for Thanksgiving. And um, I'm actually doing a Canadian author book fair that's coming up Um November 13th that weekend um, at the convention center. So that's one that I'm making there as like a little cooking demo. Oh, that's awesome. Convention yeah. center in Toronto for those of you that are like, where? <laughs> yes, yes, sorry. And I, I'll send you the info and maybe you could pop it in on the show notes at the end. Yeah, of for the sure. Um, and then I love the bacon crusted chicken strips. Um, yeah, those looked really good. Those are amazing too. Yeah, so those are probably, like, my three favorite. And then there's, you know, there's a couple, like, the dilly tuna salad, just really super easy lunch ones that we make a lot. Um, And the Moroccan lamb burgers, super yummy, too. So I don't know. I can't really pick a favorite, but, yeah. Yeah. No, there's lots of good ones. Like, Mm -hmm. really, there was one that had, like, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I think it was, like, the chicken legs with, like, the date something 
Yes, a ginger date glaze on them. Yeah, they looked really good. I was like, and they only had, I think, three ingredients, so I was sold. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, exactly. I'm making that. <laughs> you could put it on any chicken. We've done it on chicken wings or chicken thighs, too, so. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Well, as we wrap things up here, the last question that I like to ask all my guests is, what is the most fearless thing that you have done? Ah. <sighs> Hmm, I knew you were gonna ask this because I listened to your podcast. So I, know. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I think, and this has kind of always been me like growing up. I think the most fearless thing that I always do is sort of um, not really be afraid to go against the norm or go against the grain and just sort of go out my go about my business and and do it in a way where. I don't, I don't know. I think I'm kind of missing that gene about <laughs> caring about what everyone else is doing and having to do the exact same thing as quote unquote, what society says to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, just sort of being fearless, um, in that regard and just sort of, um, going against the grain in a sense of just sort of being my own person and not having to do what others kind of want you to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. No, yeah. that's awesome. That's great. So what's what's next for you? Uh, what's going on after the launch of this? Are you going to do another cookbook or what? <laughs> You're going to take a break. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Um, yeah, definitely take a break. We're going to enjoy it. And um, we're going to – we're planning to go to um, – a couple locations over Christmas to do some joint author book signing. So I won't kind of say who that's with yet, but just sort of stay tuned for that. So that'll be over just after Christmas in January in the new year. Right on. And then, yeah, just sort of enjoying it and chilling out, relaxing and yeah. Cool. Hanging out. That's good. You probably need it, right? You're like, I don't want to do anything. Just, I just need to be alone for a while. <laughs> so where can people find you? Okay, people can find me. Well, my website is, and this is so funny. The other day, someone was asking me, I'm like, www. <laughs> and they're like, People don't say that anymore. I'm like, oh, yeah. So anyway, paleodish.com and then same name, paleodish on Twitter, Instagram. I'm also on Pinterest and Facebook. Cool. AOL yeah. keyword, paleodish. <laughs> and so your book is Paleo Takes Five or Fewer, and it's available in bookstores as well as on Amazon, I'm assuming, right? Yes. So by the time this show airs, it'll already be officially released. It releases on October 21st um, and it's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble and chapters and then also at independent bookstores. And if it's not there at a particular store, you can just usually ask um, someone behind the desk and they can order it in for you. Cool. Awesome. Yes. Great. Well, thank you so much for all of your time and sharing your story and all the little tips with everyone. Definitely ch check out Paleo Takes Five or Fewer, and I'll link to all that stuff in the show notes. And thank you so much for being on the show.
Thanks for having me and good luck with everything with the move and everything coming up too. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Rock on. Okay. Chat soon. If you like what you've heard, please head to iTunes and leave me a review. I would be so grateful if you took two minutes to do that for me. And don't forget to head to summerinandin.com or summerthenutritionist.com to grab your free rule breakers guide to rocking your bod. Until next time, rock on.